So ordinarily, this would be the introduction part, and uh, full disclosure, we don't have a name yet. Okay. So... Is this the first podcast? This is. This the is the inaugural. Oh man, inaugural! You are the inaugural guest. Well, thank you. Welcome you to the inauguration. That. Yeah, you are very welcome. And uh, we would have bought you some sort of token gift, uh, but um, I only have pizza rolls outside. It's all right. I'll still give you a high five. Well, thank you. Stephane, I... Every time I see you, it's a gift. So it's okay. oh there my go. goodness. There you go. And Shameless don't feel bad. Pandering. He was. Uh, he was going. Ste- Stefan was uh, planning to also give me an award for uh, my life contributions but um just didn't get around to shopping or no i didn't get around to typing it up on my phone that's kind mm-hmm. of what happened yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, I didn't even print it out really okay sorry all right yeah well uh in lieu of an actual title of our podcast i will just get started my name is ed glazer i am the general manager at wdbm fm the student station this is a podcast which probably won't be on fm but that means that you can listen to it from the luxury of your own pod-catching device. Mm-hmm. I am joined, as always, even this very first time, by uh, my sidekick, or am I his sidekick? It's uh, We're both sidekicks to each other. Yeah, like co-sidekick, uh, <laughs> Stefan Fletcher. Thank you. Uh, Welcome to the the podcast with no name. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. I, uh, I'm very grateful to be on the unnamed podcast. Uh, suggestions always welcome. Uh, I am a fourth year student in uh, fourth year PhD student in the higher uh, adult and lifelong education program, and the former president of the Council of Graduate Students, the Grad Student Government. And you did you? Oh. Did you mention that you also have a law degree from this institution? I do have a law degree from this fine institution, the MSU College of Law. Mm-hmm. And I am originally uh, not from New Jersey, as someone did say once. Uh, that was slightly <laughs> shocking. <laughs> old Jersey. Uh, I'm from Old Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the original Jersey. I am from uh, St. Albans, England. So, uh, made the trip over the pond 10 years ago. This is my 10th year here in America. Hey! 10th year anniversary. Yeah, thank Very you. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, am I correct that if you get a, a third degree in MBA, uh, then you'll have collected all all three for the kit, and then uh, they will automatically give you some sort of a medical d- degree? It's like <laughs> buy three, get one free. There is no Kroger sale on degrees, no. Okay. I don't yeah. know where I read that. Higher education doesn't do fire sales on uh, degrees. I don't know well, about that. profit ones, me. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Hey, you just heard another voice. That is our inaugural guest for our inaugural podcast. I'm uh, James Conwell. I'm the uh, president of the Associated Students of Michigan State University, which is the uh, student government here at Michigan State. Uh, I'm currently a fourth-year senior uh, studying human biology and history, philosophy, and the sociology of science. Believe it or not, those are only two majors mm. out of the Lyme Briggs College. Sounds like six. I know. It gives me something to talk about. I'm very boring, so I need as many words as possible to say about myself, and so mm-hmm. that gives me uh, several just right there. I, <laughs> yeah, people always say, if you're having trouble meeting people at parties, talk about philosophy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, that works. I, that must be what I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're not invited back to many parties. Well, that's fine, but you invited me here, so I guess I have something of value. It's true. It's a party for your ears. It's the unnamed podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So our uh, our main or our first segment is uh, we're going to talk about uh, go green stuff, the things going on in Spartan News, and each of us were tasked with bringing an element of uh, something going on in Spartan News. Who would like to go first? Why don't we let our guest go first? If he would like to, yeah. yeah would Would you, as our guest, like to go first? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, I would love to. Um, 
the big thing that uh, I've been working on um, in the past few weeks is uh, the It's On Us program, which is the White House's sexual assault prevention program. Um, so for those of you who don't know, the president announced this on the 19th of September. Um, and that's the president of the United right, States. President yeah. Obama. Yeah. And uh, the idea behind it is that it's a plan to end sexual assault on college campuses. So there are several things that go along with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one part is the pledge, uh, which reads, um, "You, I pledge to, to recognize that non-consensual sex is sexual assault, to identify situations in which sexual assault may occur, to intervene in situations where consent has not or cannot be given, and to create an environment in which sexual assault is unacceptable and survivors are supported. And so in addition to taking that pledge, uh, college campuses and specifically student leaders are tasked with finding a way to address sexual assault on the campus that works for their institution. Uh, so I went to Washington, D.C. in May, uh, and we were I was invited to the White House to talk about um, early stages of the It's On Us program. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then, I've been tasked with doing different programming around MSU that would involve how do we combat sexual assault. So last night, we had a meeting of the Cores and Cops groups, which are the Council of Racial, Racial and Ethnic Students and Council of Progressive Students over at ASMSU to discuss what does sexual assault look like in those individual populations and how do we break into those groups of individuals to really uh, help people be better bystanders and to work on reporting when sexual assault does occur. Mm. Um, I I felt that was important to start with uh, those groups of people and use them as a focus group uh, before we move forward with any big plans because uh, very often they represent populations that are uh, overlooked at Michigan State but are very important and growing. And so uh, what we're doing with this now is we're formulating a plan, taking what we heard last night and deciding how to go forward. And actually a week from yesterday, so on October 8th, we will have uh, a meeting with the major governing groups uh, and we'll invite the Corps and Cops leaders back. And we're going to talk about how we're going to move forward. Hmm. And can you at this point kind of uh, talk about any of the findings or things that you learned Definitely. Uh, I think the most important thing uh, we got out of last night was uh, we need to do a better job of addressing sexual assault and educating students on what actually is sexual assault. Uh, More importantly, I think uh, the biggest thing that came out of last night was we need to do a better job of being bystanders and uh, intervening when the situation, uh, when someone needs help. And uh, with that came the international students have very different views of uh, sex and sexual assault than American students do. And uh, there's a lot of uh, secrecy or uh, it it feels very private to those groups of individuals, Mm. especially the ones from uh, Asian countries. And so it was, it was interesting to hear from the president of the international student organization or association Mm -hmm that those groups need to be addressed and they have to be addressed differently than we address American students. And so it was, it was positive hearing that because I don't think we've had that conversation before and we'll mm-hmm. have now a chance to start breaking into those populations. And James, one, one question for you is, is, is it, uh, given your position and, and we were going to get to this later, but we, you know, uh, just want to follow up on, on what you said. It, mm-hmm. it is an important topic. Um, what do you hear from students uh, uh, just generally on campus, given you know your representation of un- undergraduate students at MSU? What do you hear from them in terms of this issue? Do they hear 
do they issue like do they share their concerns with you are they you know happy with the university and the way that universities handled it obviously in the spring you saw uh, the department of education investigate uh, uh, msu among many uh, universities in terms of uh, handling uh, uh, the handling of some of these complaints so that, and that's the us department of ed that is yes. the US, yeah the us department of education right um great question thank you for asking uh I, I think the, the general consensus is students are confused about exactly what sexual assault is and in situations when to intervene. Um, so I think it's, addre- it's, it's messaging that we're go- and education that we're going to have to put out that says um, not only is sexual assault not okay, but here's how you identify the risk factors behind it, mm. and here's how you intervene. Um, so whether that be going up to a friend who uh, may be about to uh, harm another student unknowingly, and just saying, hey, maybe not tonight. Um, that that's a great example of how someone can be a, by, uh, a positive bystander. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, uh, right now, uh, the university is updating their uh, guidelines and policies regarding sexual harassment and sexual assault and relationship violence. Uh, we have uh, student representation on there. Greg Jackson, who's ASMSU's vice president for finance and operations, is on the sexual assault task force. And uh, me, in my position, I'm the chair of the University uh, Committee on Student Affairs, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm working with uh, the uh, Student Life Department to work uh, on providing feedback and updating that uh, policy to make sure it works for Michigan State. And so I think there's a general concern around education. There's a general concern on what can we do. But I think the messaging to let students know that this is an issue at Michigan State University. In fact, one in four uh, college women will be sexually assaulted by the time that they're done with uh college and one in nine men will be sexually assaulted by the time they finish college. And so it's, it's letting people know that this is a huge issue. This is massive. It affects uh, nearly one in four people that you see walking down the street. And so how do you, how do you work and make sure that that doesn't happen to your friend or to someone you don't even know? And so it's education, it's updating that policy and making sure that information is available and, oh, and making sure it's on us to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm really important things for the university. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, Uh, thanks, James. Uh, um, I I guess uh, on my end, Ed, uh, I have uh, uh, two stories, two brief uh, nuggets of news. One uh, I just uh, uh, saw uh, today, uh, and that uh, obviously uh, is, uh, again, on a a pretty heavy uh, note uh, uh, for the institution, and that's the the death of... uh, uh, Morgan uh, McGregor over uh, over the weekend, twenty mm. uh, year old, uh, a student in the uh, counting uh, program and a member of the uh, Pi Beta Phi uh, sorority. So I just wanted to say uh, uh, condolences uh, to her family uh, uh, at this time. Uh, the second, uh, uh, on a much different note, uh, relates to the uh, Spotify survey that came out uh, at the end of September. Mm. Uh, that was uh, a pretty interesting look at the music habits of uh, MSU students. Uh, and MSU ranked 24 on the list uh, created by Spotify of the top four musical universities in America. Apparently, favorites of MSU students include Lana Del Rey, Kanye West, and Drake, uh, three, uh, two <laughs> of the three which you can find booming mm. out of my car in the morning. Yeah. I'll give you a hint. Which Lana, two? Uh, well, well, it's Kanye West and Drake. Yeah. Lana Del Rey. Oh. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I respect people who like Lana Del Rey. Uh, the least popular genres, uh, jazz, classical, and uh, jam band. 
That's uh, kind of unfortunate. Uh, Maybe just a, I live in the co-ops, but I, I love yeah. all those things. You, do you love... What is jam band? Can you explain to an uneducated British person uh, like myself? Sure. Uh, so it's... Uh, <laughs> an, an uneducated British person with a law degree and who's getting a doctorate. Yeah, actually, let's throw that caveat in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are disclaimers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like... Uh, uh, never mind, I don't even make that joke. But uh, um, yeah, so a jam band, um, it, it's a band that has a set... They have songs with uh, lyrics that can last a certain amount of time. Uh, but however, they will continue to play their instruments. Um, and sometimes the singer will continue singing lyrics or uh, doing what's called scatting, which is making... Uh, Noises that sound like instruments with their voice. Scoodly bop. Exactly. Hmm. I just scattered right there. That was great. You did. Thank yeah, you. it was pretty good. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> a pretty famous uh, example is the Grateful Dead. Okay. Um, they're one of the more famous uh, jam bands um, that were around in the 1960s. Uh, and uh, a pretty cool local one. Um, I'm not sure if they consider themselves jam, but mm-hmm. uh, every time I've heard them, they've been pretty excellent. Uh, is Desmond Jones. Mm. Uh, and okay. they do a lot of uh, jamming, continue to play. I guess they'd be more progressive, but they're an excellent band that's local and you should check out. Okay. I have I have an alternative definition. Okay. It's maybe it's probably not as precise as yours. Yes. But it's a slightly more concise. It's a band that's too high to write an ending to their songs. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> that's pretty much how I look at a jam band. I'm not a huge fan of jam bands. I certainly appreciate the talent and the sure. skill involved, but um, and I the, no, I'm not casting aspersions about the members of desmond jones i think it's pretty well documented that uh the grateful dead uh yeah oh they yeah have, they would fit that definition i mean have you seen uh the garcia ties <laughs> yeah <have>? yeah <laughs> it's obvious that there's something going on there right well the, the last bit that i have from the survey and uh and james this is a, a question for you is uh spotify were able to approximate uh, when an msu student wakes up and goes to sleep yeah uh, so uh, a student typically wakes up at nine forty five a.m <laughs> according to the survey uh-huh. uh, and goes to bed at twelve forty five a.m uh, uh where an average msu student gets uh, nine hours more uh nine hours of sleep 30 minutes more than the average other schools uh do you find that to be an accurate uh do you find spotify's survey to be accurate in terms of its uh, finding that well i mean you've been a student longer than me here so <laughs> that's, mm. that's true i can tell you i never once have woken up at nine forty-five a.m on a school day so mm. if we can get someone from spotify over here to uh talk about methodology i'd love to uh well um to answer that question uh i don't really sleep that much uh as much as that but are you uh, a vampire uh, I am pretty pale. Good, good question. Good question. <laughs> I mean, you do look rather delicious over there. <laughs> mm. Thank you. It's taking a it's taking an interesting turn on our <laughs> inaugural show. Well, yeah, it's the first day. We have to keep it interesting. I'm going to protect my neck. <laughs> that's uh, and that's actually kind of a Wu Tang reference, also with the Spotify segment. Uh, Although, <laughs> in the home audience, you can't see that. But uh, may I say, may I disclose, James oh, actually course. just threw out a, a, a W. Yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, that's how that's how the show's gonna go. We're gonna talk about Drake and Wu Tang, and don't Vampires. forget to protect your neck. Vampires. <laughs> um, I don't have that much to talk about. I uh, I thought it was interesting, but I don't. It's just worth a mention. They're gonna build some apartments on the old uh, Michigan State Police site. Oh, okay. Yes. Saw, saw that note uh, a little bit ago, and you know, that's kind of. I was a little like, mm, I feel like you could have done something cooler with that space. It's a huge chunk of land right next to the what flower pot neighborhood, right across from Breslin, effectively. Okay. Yep. Um, what would you have built? 
Um, I okay. So if it's not going to be a water park and it's not going to be a roller coaster, <laughs> uh, I would have I would have liked to have seen some mixed use, maybe um, some more, um, you know, a little bit of commercial mixed with uh, university or and or parking. Um, did I already say water slide? You did um, say water park, not just water slide. I think you said water park. Yeah, yeah. So those would be my things. I, you know, I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more retail stuff available right across from campus for uh, you know just to make it a more enticing community and also because i had to go buy sugar at a store the other day right after uh work and i was like i don't want to drive all the way to kroger's not like it's that far but anyway yeah Yeah, it's just inconvenient yeah i I really took advantage of um was it shop right yeah good riches yeah so i do miss having something there but i guess we just have to wait another year or two and then they'll have a new grocery in there right yeah there's a uh, fresh time uh coming in uh, okay. uh from uh, arizona based uh, maya has uh, i believe an mm. investment in in it but uh, interesting yeah um yeah oh did you want to i thought i heard i thought i heard someone say no i just said okay okay good Good. Um, <laughs> another note I caught um, on the uh, on the newswire today. Um, there's a three million dollar grant from the U.S. Economic Development Administration uh, to establish a new food processing and innovation center uh, at the university, <clears throat> and so that's going to be. Um, it's actually going to be developed, I guess, off campus um, in Okemos, one in land that the university owns. But okay. it's. Uh, I'm quoting from the press release here. It's the equivalent of a pilot plant that any food processor can use to develop new products and production processes, says Chris Peterson, director of MSU's product center. Uh, and then they went on to say, well, Peterson couldn't divulge details of the client's products. So they're going to basically recruit uh, commercial development to, to develop products here. Um, it said he could provide a model that illustrates the center's benefits using traditional methods. A company developing a new soup line, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a clue right there, could spend nearly $160,000 testing concepts and processing, packaging, shelf life extension, and marketing. The center reduces these costs dramatically to under $19,000, Peter said. Peterson said. So I guess my question there is what's, what's the benefit to MSU? Um, and also, I, you know, I think I tend towards the more progressive view of food production. And, and, you know, I don't have a huge, I'm not necessarily in favor of commercial uh, methods of food production. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe this is not necessarily the best thing in the world. I don't know. Thoughts? I think it could. I mean, uh, well, one thing, obviously, is it, it, it helps the university uh, university's research portfolio. Uh, that's one thing the the institutions uh, are, you know always uh, concerned about for, for one and two. Uh, obviously, if if and I don't know the specific plot of land uh, out there, but uh, if it is utilizing land that is otherwise under or not utilized, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, it it kind of uh, aids the university in that way potentially with uh, uh, some uh, some leasing. So. Yeah, it made it sound like they were going to rehab the built an existing building. Okay, so okay. that's in there. But connect connect the idea for me that this innovation center is going to help the university's resource portfolio. Did uh, did you just mention a th- uh, the grant from the U.S. government? Yeah. Or the U.S. Economic Development Corporation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is the is the grant going to the university? Yes. Yeah. That that's kind of where the university is okay. always looking to diversify its research portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so gotcha. uh, that would be probably a good example of uh, of that. 
just to be able to say, look, we got $3 million from the U.S. economic and you can potentially say that you're partnering with businesses mm-hmm. as well, right. sure. uh, which is uh, another uh, key uh, interest, I'd say, of the institution of those private-public ventures uh, and how MSU can play a role uh, in, in, in kind of the, the commercial landscape with some products. Right. And one question I had is, uh, did they say they're going to be hiring uh, individuals? And if so, did they say kind of what? what skill level they were looking for? Yeah, I think in the press release it said they were planning on having four uh, four people that would be involved in, I don't know, managing projects, or I can't remember exactly what it said. Okay. You can uh, always ask Chris Peterson. Sure. Um, I mean, my view on it is uh, if, if they're renovating an existing building that isn't being used, I think that's uh, probably positive, but... Uh, for me, as a as an undergraduate student representing undergraduate students at Michigan State, uh, I I always want there to be um, more opportunity for students when they graduate and they can stay local and add to the university community and the mm-hmm. East Lansing community. And so, if this is an opportunity for students, uh, while students get experience uh, in this field or in this research, I think that's very positive. And I think if there's economic and job opportunities for students once they graduate to stay local mm-hmm. and continue adding to this community, I think that's also positive too. Yeah, possible. I'm, I'm, I'm going to remain the skeptic here. Uh, and I'm going to, cause I'll tell you, I have, so two things that came to mind when I read this. So first of all, it's a $3 million grant mm-hmm. and any federal grant, uh, and I think most grants from any government agency are mandated by, um, a federal organization, which shall remain nameless mainly because I can't remember NSF maybe says that uh, automatically, I think 48% of the grant dollars goes to uh, what amounts to kind of overhead for the university. The overheads are negotiated rate. That's uh, that's there, but the, the NSF is just one example of the federal funding agencies. I forget what the percentage is now off the top of my head, but But it was um, around 50%, right? yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's, I'm not saying that's not merited, but, you know, I think that's something that when you, when you read a, an article in the paper, most folks probably aren't aware. Oh, yeah, sure, that's awesome. They get $3 million. Really, they only get probably about a million and a half of that, which is still a sizable amount of money, granted. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, I just uh, I have also been uh, I have participated in public private partnerships at this university involving you know grant funding and also grants uh, also money coming from other state agencies going into uh well we'll just say going into the projects and mm-hmm. i have been um underwhelmed uh-huh. by the, by how that uh, public private partnership is leveraged i think it's just really tough because you know um we have norms of how we how we function here at the university Mm -hmm. and commercial entities uh, have a very different set of kind of norms and rules and, and really interests um, guiding their work, you know, and and I don't think it's, it's not that either one of them is evil, Mm -hmm. not that either one of them is, you know, uh, selfish. I think it's just, there's such different institutions to try and kind of smash them together. Mm, Mixed bag. Okay. Sure. But I guess my question for you is, um, would you rather there be no relationship than a uh, one that we could work to make better? You and I? <laughs> no, I'm. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, I we thought we were still that. on the vampire thing. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, it's. I guess again, you know, uh, 
the the benefits that you guys mentioned uh you know are likely they're real they're tangible um and and yeah i, I would not say no msu don't take three million dollars unless you can prove that you know you're really going to get some benefit out of it mm-hmm. um i guess it's just uh just the kind of thing that makes me wonder you know um what is the more direct value to the students you know and it's mm-hmm. not not everything that the university engages with Am I going to say something that's going to get me yelled at? Not everything Hopefully. that the university engages <laughs> well, you're with doing so right then. Yeah, has <laughs> to be directly beneficial to the students, you know, because there are, there are choices that I'm sure administration, uh, the board of trustees make that benefit the institution at large that don't necessarily have a direct tangible result for the students, but it, it raises sort of the, the credibility or the, uh, you know, the overall uh, reputation of the university so that indirect benefits come to the students. But Well, I mean, in my eyes, I see both direct and indirect. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I mentioned before the research and economic opportunities for students. Um, and if we have something more local that is a uh, Lansing or East Lansing-based product coming out of here that's successful, mm-hmm. um, then that will help young professionals and more uh, opportunity come to this community. Um, which is a direct benefit to students. And uh, I mean, like you said, the indirect, if it raises the reputation of the university, that helps students uh, find employment and uh, helps them get into gra- placement into graduate schools as well. Well, I should also probably mention, James, are you graduating in the spring? I am. So uh, if anybody is Chris Peterson or other people are listening, happen to listen to this podcast, consider that James is probably available as a, as a, willing. a PR. Yeah, a willing. Right. Are you willing? Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> right. you're not? Okay. All right. Well, all right. Well, I appreciate the... Make uh, a counteroffer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make a counteroffer, uh, other guys, and uh, we'll we can have a I bidding can war. Negotiated uh, position. Yeah. So we've taken about, uh, oh, I think about 20, 25 minutes for our uh, quick five-minute introduction of the news. So <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's it's always okay. the way it goes. Yeah, we're just here to have fun. Um, should we uh, begin segment two where we go an in-depth look at ASMSU? And this is where um, uh, Stefan and I uh, go back and forth and uh, put you on the hot seat and ask you difficult questions that seat does automatically become hot but uh, james very happy to talk to you about uh, asmsu uh, today and and let's take a step back uh, because you've talked about some of the projects that you're working on Mm -hmm. uh let's uh for the for the average person uh uh, around campus describe what asmsu is describe what asmsu does uh, in very like simple kind of terms What, what do you guys do sure um so asmsu stands for the associated students of michigan state university uh, it's the largest student government in the country, and it was uh, Michigan State's. Uh, it was formed by in 1964 by the uh, major governing groups, which include Interfraternity Council, Panhellenic Council, uh, Resident Halls Association, and uh, the Student Housing Cooperative. Mm-hmm. Um, so leaders from those groups met um, and discussed how to move forward. Uh, and so uh, at the time, um, we had it was bicameral, so we had the student assembly and the academic assembly. Uh, and so jump forward to uh, this uh, past decade and we uh, went from a bicameral uh, body to a unicameral, which is now known as the general assembly. Uh, and we have an office of the president uh, where we have six vice presidents, uh, one president and around 40 or 50 representatives to the general assembly from different colleges, governing groups, 
uh, as well as Corps and Cops groups, which are diversity groups on campus. Um, so in addition to that, we have uh, anywhere between 40 to 60 staff members, depending on the time of year. Um, we also have four class councils uh, for each uh, year of undergraduate, or each credit level of undergraduates. Um, so what do we do? Uh, so we have a lot of people, um, and we also have a $1.6 million budget. So what do we do with that money? Um, we offer a number of services, uh, which include uh, free legal services. We actually partner with the council graduate students to provide those. Um, so mm -hmm. students have access to three lawyers. In fact, they're on retainer for every undergraduate student. We also offer free uh, eye clickers and blue books. We also offer a representation. I think that's our most important service we offer. Um, so we offer representation in several ways. One is we uh, have a third of the seats on university governance, which is the governing body below the Board of Trustees for Michigan State University. What do they do? Um, so a lot of the academic policies, um, policies that affect students in the classroom, uh, the sexual assault policy that's being revised I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. um, all those go through the uh, academic governance or university council uh, at Michigan State University. And so we have a third of those seats, and we have a seat on every single committee that comes from there. So we have a hand in every single decision that's made at the university. Yeah, and are those contributing, like, voting seats? Yep. Yep, okay. Yep, and in fact, quorum cannot be met without us there. Oh, okay. So if you left... They can do oh, it. yeah, you could wow. pull some sweet moves with that. Is that it? Uh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you're making me force my hand here. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Oh, wait. Are you saying you're going to leave? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, keep, if you keep, like, uh, throwing all my tricks out, I might have to. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so meta. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Very cool, James. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and the... The other uh, way we represent students is to uh, the Capitol, both here in Lansing and at Washington, D.C. And so we regularly send uh, students down to the Capitol to uh, work on legislation that would affect students uh, while they're in college. Uh, for example, the medical amnesty rule, or law, rather, mm. um, where students, if they're underage, or actually anyone if they're underage, um, and they, have, they are their friend or they feel that they are unsafe or they have um, consumed... Uh, alcohol to an unsafe level, they will be able to call uh, authorities to get medical attention to themselves or their friend at no legal penalty. They're uh, immune from any legal uh, uh, repercussions, uh, even if they did break the law by drinking underage. Um, so that that's something that we worked on uh, for several years, and we managed to get it through actually in 2012. Uh, the Governor Snyder actually signed the law. Um, in addition to... Uh, Done in, our work done in Lansing. We also uh, work in the federal level. Um, so every year we have what's called Big Ten on the Hill through the Association of Big Ten Students, uh, which is kind of funny because there are 14 Big Ten schools now. So with this arm, it happens in April of every year, and we go meet our legislatures from our state, So, uh, and we... we um, ask them about Pell Grants, we ask them about college funding, we ask them about uh, student loan rates, things of those nature. Uh, also, uh, Kieran Samra, who who is my chief of staff and was the previous president of ASMSU, uh, her and I traveled to Washington, D.C. for the National Campus Leadership Council Conference, uh, which was the largest collection of student body presidents in history, and this was in late May, early June. And we had a chance to go through a number of workshops, which included... Uh, meeting people from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau to talk about uh, predatory practices 
uh, from banks and uh, Title IV uh, financial disbursement on students and uh, loan uh, refinancing for students. Uh, and we also then got an opportunity to go to the White House, the Eisenhower Building at the White House, and talk about the It's On Us program or the early stages of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and beyond that, one thing I actually worked on uh, after meeting a number of student leaders uh, from around the country there was actually I wrote to, a letter to uh, Secretary of a- Federal Secretary of Education Arnie Duncan uh, regarding Title IV disbursement, um, which is financial aid disbursement for students uh, at on college campuses. And so Michigan State uh, actually does not have a huge problem with uh, banking institutions, but when we talk about um, different schools, in fact, the Oregon schools are a great example. Higher One uh, actually charges upward of $500 a year for every use of your Title IV financial aid disbursement. Mm-hmm. And these are... Uh, these are cards that are marketed with the school and are given to students uh, for the means of paying for their education. And we're seeing them uh, facing uh, absorbent costs. And so we actually, I actually managed to, while working with uh, different student groups, we managed to get over 30 student body presidents to sign on, uh, representing over a million students. And we sent that letter out uh, about a month ago now. Mm. And so that's a lot of the work we do at ASMSU. Great. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, and that was uh, uh, certainly your efforts uh, there. And you, you said, uh, uh, you know, with your travel to Washington, D.C. and your, mm-hmm. your travels around, uh, you know, one question that uh, I had for you going back to, to one piece you, you said earlier uh, was in relation to the budget of the organization. You said $1.6 million. Uh, million. What are some of your, your largest costs there? Because to, to the average student, that probably seems like a, a, a lot of money. You know, uh, what, what, where, where are most of your costs uh, attributed to? Definitely. Um, the biggest parts of our costs are uh, our free legal services. Um, so to have those lawyers there, it's very expensive. Uh, further, we have uh, a, uh, a a partnership with USA Today, which is called the Readership Program. And so you see the New York Times, uh, you see uh, the Detroit Free Press um, around campus. And those are all free to undergraduate students who are taxpaying. Um, and in fact, one part I forgot to mention is that uh, students, undergraduate students pay $18 a semester to be a part of ASMSU. And uh, as a result, they have access to our services. Um, Beyond uh, those two big services, um, we have employment. And so we have, like I mentioned, anywhere from 40 to 60 student employees. And so we have uh, amazing opportunity for students to learn and to grow in those positions. So we have uh, director of uh, public relations. We have director of human relations. We have uh, director of IT. We have uh, vice president positions, um, liaison for multicultural affairs. All these great opportunities for students to be in upper administrative level positions that may uh, focus on their career and help them forward. Uh, I mean, we have a state liaison who goes with us to Washington, D.C. and lobbies. I mean, that's an excellent opportunity for that student. Um, so those are some of the big ticket items we have in our budget. Um, beyond that, the General Assembly right now has uh, just north of $100,000 uh, in special projects. And so with that money, they're allowed to... Uh, in fact, they're tasked with finding ways to benefit Michigan State University with that money, uh, whether that be um, bringing someone to campus or whether that be uh, working on a particular project. I mean, last year, uh, a good example was Failure Lab, where mm-hmm. we brought uh, we brought an event to campus where it was we had several speakers uh, speak about their failures, and uh, and that was a real learning experience for a lot of undergraduate students at Michigan State. Or we had Mental Health Awareness Week, which brought light to a very serious issue here at Michigan State. And so those, those are the projects we work on 
regularly, and they change from year to year depending on the need of the university and the need of the students. More importantly, is do you ever get pressure to reevaluate? Um, you know, especially like your big ticket expenses, like the legal uh, representation and the readership program. Um, you know, I people have asked. You know, that's a lot of comments saying that's a lot of money you spend on those services. But uh, my response is always, they're vitally important to the undergraduate experience here at Michigan State University. Uh, the lawyers are there to ha stand up and protect the students, uh, and we wouldn't have it any other way. And uh, we always strive for our student body to be well-informed to make the best decisions possible. And so while those are expensive, that's the cost of providing those services. And uh, in fact, last year, the students voted to continue their tax, and it's overwhelming, something that students want. And so it's our job as a student government to provide these services to students, not only do they want them, but it helps them overwhelmingly. How do you, uh, how do you go about tracking uh, the readership program in terms of the, the number of papers utilized? Uh, because I think that's been a question that I've heard, uh, uh, you know, is, is how do you track the usage and the mix of papers? And should it be more online, which is maybe where a lot of students consume their news, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to print editions? Uh, definitely. Great question. Um, so that's something we're working on. Uh, Last, uh, well, let's see, when I was a sophomore, it was my first year in the organization, um, we started, uh, we were tasked uh, as representatives, if you lived in a residence hall, to go count the number of newspapers. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that was the most effective way. Uh, so what we're doing now is we're working with our, we have a statistician uh, on hire, and we're working with him, uh, who is a uh, an actuary major, and we're working to determine statistical models to determine the number of papers that students use and what would be an effective use of our money uh, in that area. I I love statistics. I just want to oh, go on record awesome. saying that I, Ed Glazer, love statistics. I believe that's a t-shirt in the making. If I actually have a t-shirt that says correlation does not equal causation. Ooh. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Bring it. Do you use uh, statistics like a lamppost? <laughs> you mean for illumination rather than uh, as a drunk would use it uh, for support? Yeah, I, I'm more of an illumination statistics man. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's the positive way to use it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I knew what you were talking about. If that tells you anything, that does tell me a lot of things. I would say, <laughs> I would say that if statistics was a person, I would feel attracted to that person. Well, good. Mm -hmm. Glad to hear that. That's mm -hmm. very honest. Yeah, thank is. you. Thank yeah. you for not judging me. So you're um, not going to shield your neck from them? No, 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 <laughs> no. I'm in. I'm all. I'm all in statistics. When you're ready to meet, <laughs> come get me. Um, so that's interesting. I actually happened upon a, a readership program box yesterday and went to swipe my ID because you're supposed to swipe your ID, and uh, that's like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, that, that part doesn't have anything. That part doesn't have any function, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Where was it? It was outside of the engineering building. Okay, we're trying to figure. We're trying to fix those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks for letting me know. Yeah, I'm probably not going to go around systematically checking them, but <laughs> but I'll just every time I I do, I'll check. All right, yeah. Let one. me know. Yeah, because I was sort of amused by that. I was like, I don't think it's working. And then I just pulled the handle and it opened. Okay. Yeah, the, we'll fix that. Thanks for giving me a heads up. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, that's what we do. We help each other. That's right. Tax funding, tax funded organizations help each other. We got to stick together. That's right. Yeah, Stefan's no longer a part of one. I'm, uh, yes, well, I, really? I'm not. I'm not taxing uh, anyone myself personally now, unless I can. You can pay outside, actually. I just, I just oh, thought you were a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our our humor is going to be so niche. 
only uh, only ourselves are going to laugh at it. It's great. That's fine. Yep. Uh, <laughs> James, uh, uh, talking about uh, some of the, the projects that, that, that ASMSU has been working on, uh, in the headlines over the last year, uh, you've seen, you know, if, if students are looking through the, the, the headlines, they've seen, uh, I, I'd say, certain challenges presented, at least in the headlines. They've uh, uh, arguably seen, um, on the one hand, uh, the you know questions about outreach Mm -hmm. how can the organization do a better job with outreach and i feel like it's a perpetual question and it never gets fully answered no matter what you 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 do Uh, but you also uh, after you were elected talked i believe a little bit about that Uh, um, you know how has that been going uh, since you you started what have you specifically done to try and reach out to students more because obviously the goal is to try and get them more aware of of what you all are, are wanting to do Definitely. Um, thank you for asking that. Um, You're very welcome. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Uh, you know that that was the question that came up uh, every interview I had. Actually, after how are you going to uh, reach more students? And the answer is uh, engaging more students. Uh, so I, I think the idea of us having passive uh, town halls where students are expected to show up. Uh, that's a thing of the past, and I don't think we can rely on that to be uh, useful to engage a student body. I, I think it's our job to go out and actually interact with them um, and to communicate to uh, the cores and cops groups, groups that we work with, that tell your uh, members about us, work with us. We, we want to have our name out there because we have all these services that are here for students, and we want them to use them. Uh, so some of the things we've done, um, we've tried to be better about our advertising on social media. When do things come out? Um, I mean, for example, last night when we met with those cores and cops groups, we had them uh, change, uh, go on their social media and say what ASMSU is doing with them in a partnership. Uh, so it's it's been more reaching out to student groups and student leaders on campus that I don't think we've traditionally worked with, um, and then starting to target individual student populations and starting to target students themselves on social media and saying, here's who we are, please come visit us uh, at Student Services. Do you think outreach matters? Uh, of course it does. Uh, we're a government. We, if we want to maintain that we're representative of the student body, we have to be outreach and we have to get input from the students. If you're truly representative, shouldn't you sleep later? Uh, well, I'm too busy representing the student body to sleep. Mm. Mm. Oh, well, mm. how many hours a day do you sleep? Uh, five to seven. Yeah, you really, That's... Should, you really should get more. I should. Yeah. should. I'm, busy. I'm busy, man. I'm applying to grad schools. Oh, I'm I going to school. I know, but if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. <laughs> well, that's why I'm a vampire. I don't oh, need that's, to sleep. oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that solves a lot of issues. Problem solved. It yeah. does. You're well, the, that, and you're the sparkly kind, not the. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Dying the side. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned, uh, we talked about outreach to students. I think the other side of the coin is trying to build relationships with administrators. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has been, I think, a, a subject of conversation as well, at least uh, in, in the, the university media. How, um, again, since you took over, uh, what's the relationship been like? What have you tried to, to do to, to build a relationship? Uh, is that... Um, you know, and, and create that fine line probably between uh, uh, being an advocate to the administration and realizing you have to, in some instances, work with them while representing very firmly the student voice. 
Right. Uh, once again, great question. Uh, so, uh, I I think it's uh, I think it's safe to say that ASMSU is, is has a much better relationship with the university uh, administration than it did one year ago. Uh, so, what what have we done at ASMSU to uh, really address that? I think it's important to not only talk to individuals who are involved in administration, but to say, I want to work with you. Um, we may not agree on everything, but I think it's important that ASMSU has gone forward. We're right now uh, working on a, a bike share program, whereas uh, it's, it's working with University uh, Sustainability and MSU Bikes uh, to provide this service. And so instead of um, us having an independent uh way to go about this which uh, may not have been successful because it needs because to run something like a bike share program you need to have uh more than just asmsu on board you have to have rehs you have to have bikes you have to have sustainability and so it's working with these groups to provide a service to students um we we don't need to fight with administration anymore we can work with them to provide this better services for students they have resources that we don't necessarily have access to. Um, and so it's working together to figure out how we can provide those. And yes, there are disagreements, but we can always try to move forward because our goals are ultimately similar is to enhance the student experience at Michigan State University. Um, but sometimes we just have to uh, find a way to get there together as opposed to uh, getting each of our own ways. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think, a, a consistent challenge. Has there been particular areas uh, have you found resistance in particular areas where you want to move on a particular initiative, but the institutions come back and said, you know, sorry, I mean, have there been instances like that thus far? Well, um, I think there was a, uh, there, there was a, a period of time when I was first elected mm -hmm. that, uh, I had the perception that I could do everything right away. Um, and Every everything. Like every, like I, I could uh, accomplish all my goals right away. You could build Ed's water park. I could. I, I mm. thought I could. Mm. Um, and so, mm. it, it was a learning experience to uh, see that you you have to work together and find a solution that works for both. Um, record record heat this summer. You could have. Could have. Well, we're gonna get a record winter this again. Okay. So, uh, so you it can be an ice park. Yeah, we could go <laughs> skating. Mm. Um, Rockefeller Plaza. Here we come. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Mm. Uh, but um, to put specifics on it, uh, I think going back to bike share. Uh, so mm -hmm. we weren't totally sure of the university's opinion on uh, bike share because it, there wasn't uh, a lot of knowledge made available um, when I first came to into office on it. And so one of the the first one of the things I ran on was finding an answer to bike share and to safe ride. And uh, when we started talking to the university about bike share they had a very much different understanding of what that program was uh, when we uh, were considering going through the program with Zagster, um, which you guys may remember, which the, uh, the 40 by yeah, the 40 bikes for $60,000 program. And so there was a lot of misunderstanding there. And so it was saying, okay, this, this program probably won't work in this form, but let's find a way that it does because we both realized that there's a need for, a bike share program on campus, but here's how we can do it. Have you tussled with them at all on any issues? Uh, only uh, bare knuckle boxing. Ooh, I, you know what? I bet you Luanna K. Simon can beat beat a man to death with her bare hands. Oh, she can do the uh, just like Dallas Diamond Page. She can do the diamond cutter like no other. 
Wow. <laughs> a WCW reference. Uh, yeah. all, of our vision, all of our retro wrestling fans, everyone. That was a, a pullback from 1999. Yeah. Stuff got real. Yeah, it did. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, I, we could... Uh, we could pepper uh, James with questions all day, but um, we should probably we should probably come to a close. And if you have one more, I don't want to make you sad. <laughs> I will go. Room. I will go and cry myself uh, to sleep. James, quick uh, quick question for you uh, before we conclude this this part of things. Uh, State news editorial uh, talked about the uh, well, student state news op ed, I should say, talked about the student section uh, at football games. And how do you keep students in that section for the full duration of the game? How do you make it, you know, th- no problem selling the tickets. It's actually mm-hmm. making sure students show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, obviously, predominantly undergraduate students in that section. Uh, what do you hear and how do you, if you were a consultant to Mark Carlos, what would you tell him? Great question. Uh, yeah, That's it. He's had all great questions, and all my questions have been not not worthy of note. Is that? Uh, <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. Continue. I'm sorry. Stop being jelly. <laughs> That's all. That's all right. Apparently, I was going to say with a British accent is. A I good was just going to say all your your questions are excellent. His are. I'm just trying to patronize him while I think of an answer. Okay. Okay. Sure. I appreciate your dual purpose. <laughs> yep. No problem. Uh, so. That, that's a complicated issue. Um, I'm not sure I have the full answer to that, um, but I guess my my initial thought is uh, anytime in uh, a lot of times there, there's a culture, um, subcultures of the Michigan State that aren't necessarily positive or don't reflect the values that uh, should be Michigan State University. And so I think it's uh, it has to do a lot with um, what are the social norms of being a Spartan? What are the values you hold true? And so I think edu- helping students understand what it means to be a Michigan State student, and even if that means uh, going to a a football game where we're perhaps we're winning seventy three to fourteen and staying till the end, mm. it's still important to know that you are still supporting your team, you're supporting your school when you go there. Uh, I think there needs to be a better uh, connectivity between Michigan State and students. We have we talk about all the time higher education silos when we have different departments doing different things. But how about we have higher education silos of students doing different things with different values? Um, so it's very difficult for students to come together. I mean, if the main goal is winning, then we've already seen that at halftime. But the main goal should be to support your school to believe that you're doing something great by being a Michigan State student. And so it's really addressing that perception of it um, because it's, it's, it's more important than winning because a lot of times that's not, that's not really even a question when you go to a Michigan State football game mm. because that's, that's, I think, why a lot of people are leaving at halftime. We've already won. There's no more game to see, but that's not the purpose of going. I have a, I have a, I just came up with this right now, so it's probably the right answer, but um, I wonder if, um, I feel I've noticed maybe more stress uh, among students uh, lately that, um, you know, expectations of class and external uh, obligations that, you know, students tend to be involved in to, you know, kind of help uh, build their career and, you know, give them real meaningful community and, and that sort of thing while they're here. Um, I wonder if their obligations aren't um, just more persistent and uh, 
take take too much time. And so, like you know, even to even to ask them to be a good member of the MSU community and watch a whole game is, uh, you know, not that they don't want to, but they just feel like worn out, you know, and they want to go home and rest. I don't know. I think that's actually probably fair. Um, actually, I think that's a very good uh, statement. Um, one of the things I've tried to work on is mental health here at Michigan State. So, yeah. uh, excellent point, Ed. There we go. All I'll get right. you. Wow. I'll get you the excellent. All there. Right, one excellent. Gold um, stall coming. Cool. Yeah, had to save the best for last. Uh, <laughs> that that's probably true. Uh, I mean, I tried to touch on that a little bit with the connectivity to campus. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a shame that students feel like they have too much to do. Um, if that's the case, that they can't go enjoy a football game, or they can't go and spend time feeling connected to it. Um, we're seeing, actually, if you look at the, I was at the NCHA uh, data release. Were either of you there? I can't recall. Were you there? No, no I wasn't. No. Um, so a lot of the issues we're getting better on, um, whether it's alcohol use, uh, drug use, sexual health at Michigan State, we're getting better on, mm-hmm. except for mental health. Yeah. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's something that keeps getting worse. Students keep being more stressed, having a loss of connectivity to the university, which uh, makes students feel more stressed and uh, more anxiety. Uh, as time goes on at their time here. So um, I think it's really addressing that connectivity to the school and letting them know that MSU is here to support them um, and that they can succeed through the school. Uh, I think something that we don't really think about is uh, alumni don't really get calls for uh, to come and be mentors to students. They get calls to ask for money. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's hard to really even consider that you have a personal relationship with a school when it, it seems almost financial immediately after you leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would actually, I would volunteer to be placed on the mentor phone list and taken off of the money phone list. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know who, you're, who you need to tell about that, but I'll sign any document. To take you off of one list and put you on another. <laughs> to take me off of the money <laughs> list and put me on the mentor <laughs> list. Yeah. Because those uh, green line people are very well trained. They're aggressive. Yeah, that's one thing I'm not really sure I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but let's talk after about that because that's something mm-hmm. I'm trying to do is to address campus connectivity. Um, yeah, and that's certainly as a community here at the radio station something that we are you know feel like we're we're working on you know all the time to try and do that. And I think we have some success. But you know the mental health we participate in the mental health week as well. Um, and you. yeah, no, it's we're. Glad that we were, you know, part of it, and hopefully, uh, I don't know if that's going to be a regular thing, but you know, I hope that it does continue to be because I think it's, I think all signs point to mental health being, you know, Mm -hmm. an increasing issue on all college campuses, and it's a weird dual edge of um, having such tremendous opportunity as a student Mm -hmm. today, as Mm -hmm. opposed to you know probably even ten years ago, Um, and you know the maybe the mounting pressure or the perceived pressure that. Oh, I got to do it all now, you know, otherwise mm-hmm. I'm going to miss out on these great opportunities and, you know, I'll have, I'll have graduated in, you know, five or six years and, uh, you know, kind of lost out on all the things that I didn't choose to participate in. It's what Barry Swartz in the, um, oh, what is his book? Uh, talk amongst yourselves. It's the, uh, it's about having the, how giving students more opportunities, um, you know, the the idea is, well, that would that makes a better student experience, but it actually, it works in the other direction because everything paradox. you, yeah, it's the paradox of choice, mm-hmm. right? It becomes overwhelming almost. Yeah, yeah. everything that you yeah. 
don't ch- uh, when you choose one thing you're unchoosing all the other things mm-hmm. basically and so it it becomes debilitating so um man that's a tough tough one to solve it is but i think we can make a lot of progress on it i mean with uh council graduate students uh their new president emily bank uh her focus is on health and wellness rha resident halls association their focus on health and wellness and asmsu's focus on health and wellness so i think this is the year that we can make a lot of progress um find out how to give students resources to succeed and finding, making sure that they feel connected to this university. So they, they don't feel anxiety every day. They don't feel depressed every day. And they, they feel like they can succeed because of the university instead of the other way around. Yeah. That would be great. If, uh, MSU were known as, you know, the, the university that you come to and, you know, you feel part of when you leave and you Mm -hmm. really have that community. Yeah. I think that that's the goal. And so when we touch on things like football uh, games, I mean, it's not really the football game that matters. It's the fact that students don't feel connected and then they probably are stressed out or anxiety that they have to go do something else uh, that doesn't necessarily involve the university because it's, it's not... The university has given you so much to do or that you don't feel like you belong, so you can't be there because you have something, some other obligation which is causing you to feel stressed to do. Mm-hmm. That made sense. Yeah. Well, I think we've solved all the world's problems. We ha- <laughs> we have. Oh, you know, we didn't do cancer. We'll mm-hmm. have to come back for another week. Hey, I used to do research cancer. We just, <laughs> okay. we just ran out of time. Uh, yeah. uh, you have to have me back. Does, yeah, uh, sh- should we allow James to quickly talk about an event that he bought uh, uh, with us? With that yeah. Well, let's go first this time. Oh, Let, let's got- model good behavior. I can go first. Okay. Um, I uh, So... But I don't know when this will actually get posted, but uh, Friday, October 3rd is College Radio Day. It's a world college radio day, and uh, it's a day to celebrate college radio. It's also uh, Platter Day, apparently, but um, we'll be celebrating celebrating College Radio Day with a party here. Everyone's invited. Um, and then on Saturday, October 4th, uh, the MSU Organic Farm and the Ecological Food and Farm Stewardship Club are having their Harvest Fest that's at the MSU Horticulture Farm, uh, which is uh, College Road, 3291 College Road in Holt. And they're going to have, uh, I, I swear to God, I'm not making this up, on their poster it says the events are tie-dyeing, face painting, and pumpkin painting, as well as an open mic dancing. and uh, open, uh, open mic dancing? Awesome. I think those are separate things. It's <laughs> <laughs> an important distinction. Uh, the MSU food truck is going to be there from 12 to 2. There's going to be ooh, apple ooh. cider pressing. Nice. And the final item is cookies with exclamation point. Ooh, the exclamation point makes it extra special. Yeah. Actually, I skipped over hayride farm tours because of the cookies with the exclamation point kind of made me want to hurry to get to the... <laughs> um, but there will be a couple of bands, including Genghis Kuhn, uh, Desmond Jones, aforementioned. Nice. Uh, they're funky, and then there's the MSU Jazz Band, also aforementioned jazz, so I guess we right. probably just lost all those people. And uh, <laughs> Art, Art Cameron, who is folky, and then there will be a jam session at the end, probably without a single, probably it'll be one long song at yeah, the end. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and I just, also just a, just full disclosure, I hate drum circles. <laughs> hate them. Why do you hate drum circles? Uh, I used to play drums, okay. and... Um, I love I love uh, the idea of everybody getting to jam out on drums, but again, I think I really like structured songs that begin and end. Sure. So yeah, there's been a lot of uh, there's been people playing bongos lately in the co-ops. I've seen them at uh, mm-hmm. a couple of them now. I probably don't... probably some djembes. I'm not sure. Probably, yeah, but probably. And the the other what's the other one? I think it's called a cajon, where it's like a box 
that is like has like a snare from a snare drum inside. I've um, seen that. Uh, mm-hmm. The Violent Femmes when I mm. saw them at Common Grounds. Mm. Uh, one of they their, had one. Okay, yeah, they had a guy playing that. Cool. Yeah, it's a fine. It's a fine instrument. I'm not cast no aspersions about it, but yeah, it's probably a the kind of thing you would find at a drum circle. Okay. Well, so, very cool. I'd yeah. just like to apologize to <laughs> National Platt today for not giving him as much play yeah. as I, I feel like we should have in, in that in that mix. I, I, yeah. I'm very much in favor of platters. Uh, uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken, especially. Um, October the 12th, uh, Lewis Black is coming to the Wharton Center's Cobb Great Hall. MSU students can purchase tickets for $25. Uh, Lewis Black is uh, obviously of Daily Show fame, mostly, but he's a Grammy Award winner. Uh, has about 200 live performances per year. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm predominantly interested in this because uh, of the description on the Wharton Center website. Uh, uh, they uh, promote that Black will have a cathartic release of anger and disillusionment uh-huh. for mm-hmm. his audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is more, quote, pissed off optimist than mean-spirited curmudgeon, which is how I would like to be known mm-hmm. in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and, think um, I think you're curmudgeonly. Thank yeah. you. I That's what I aim for. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to, uh, quote, laugh myself into incontinence, <laughs> uh, which is what is promised if you go and see uh, Mr. Black perform at the Wharton Center on October the 12th. I don't, so, I don't know this for a fact, but I think that they will provide a pill to revert you after the show. I can only hope, but yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to that. Mm, and diapers. <laughs> uh so mine is uh, my event is the fact that voting registration ends in Michigan on the October the sixth, which is this Monday. Uh, there's an upcoming election, uh, November fourth, where we'll be electing a new uh, a governor, uh, a new senator uh, for the first time. Senator Levin will be stepping down, um, and so we'll be electing a new senator and uh, a new congressman. So Michigan eight will be uh, now an open seat. Um, we'll be having voter registration events around campus the next several days uh, from 11 to 2 and 5 to 8 at different residence halls, uh, including Shaw, Holmes, uh, and Snyder Phillips. Um, we've registered actually more students this year on campus than we did in 2012, which was mm. a presidential wow. election. Um, so the idea behind mm-hmm. us working to get more students registered is that when we go to uh, Washington or if we go to the state capitol, um, we will be able to do a lot better work on the students' behalf because more students will be affecting elections. Um, we're trying to really address student apathy um, and get more students out to vote to make a difference in their community. They live nine months out of the year here. Uh, the decisions these people make will affect them mostly in East Lansing. And so we're trying really hard to get students out to vote. So if you're listening to this, uh, October 6th is the final day you can register to vote in Michigan. The election is on November 4th. Bang. Well, thank you so much to James Conwell, the president of the Associated Students of Michigan State University, on behalf of myself and my co-sidekick, Stephen uh-huh. Fletcher, who can also say goodbye for himself. Toodle pip. <laughs> I think that was goodbye in British. <laughs> that and was. Uh, yeah, thanks for being a part of the inauguration. Hey, thank you for having me be here. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and um, uh, Stephen and I will be back in approximately... Oh, we're recording next week, aren't we? Yeah, we are recording next week. Yeah, well, you don't know when it is because... This is we podcast don't, land. Yeah, we don't know when this is going up, but uh, definitely stay tuned for our next podcast, uh, which will be after this podcast that you're listening to. Sequentially. Uh, yes. <laughs> so on behalf of the Unnamed Podcast, I'm Ed Glazer. 
I'm Stephen Fletcher. I'm James Conwell. And you are listening. Do I have to finish it? Nope. Okay. This is... We're, we can go now. Okay. This is the, <laughs> this is the after podcast area. Okay. <laughs>